TED Audio Collective. You're listening to TED Talks Daily. I'm your host, Elise Hugh. Local changemaker Selena De Sola has taken on a giant task, serving the mental health needs of entire communities in places where adequate care for our inner lives is lacking. In her talk from TED 2022, she shares how she's creating a new kind of frontline worker from within the communities that need them. This is part of the Audacious Project, a collaborative funding platform to support groundbreaking ideas across the world, which this year raised $900 million. We're sharing this year's winners here on TED Talks Daily, all week. Support comes from Zuckerman Spader. Through nearly five decades of taking on high-stakes legal matters, Zuckerman Spader is recognized nationally as a premier litigation and investigations firm. Their lawyers routinely represent individuals, organizations, and law firms in business disputes, government, and internal investigations, and at trial, when the lawyer you choose matters most. Online at Zuckerman.com. The best place to see stars is at home with Prime Video. Get everything included with Prime, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, starring Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. Rent or buy hits like Mean Girls, starring Renee Rapp. Or add-on channels like Max for the HBO original Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. You've never seen so many stars in one place. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. TED Talks Daily is brought to you by Progressive. Progressive helps you compare direct auto rates from a variety of companies so you can find a great one, even if it's not with them. Quote today at Progressive.com to find a rate that works with your budget. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. There's a shocking statistic I want to share with you. Latin America is home to only 8% of the world's population, but one-third of its homicides. This is especially extreme in the Northern Triangle countries of Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, where I'm from and where I live. Just imagine the impact that this kind of unrelenting violence can have on a person's health, productivity, and well-being. Especially because we know that if we're exposed to violence, this can result in trauma. And when that happens, our brain's stress response actually shuts down core functions, like problem-solving, critical thinking, and emotional regulation, and it elevates the ones that we need to protect ourselves and survive. So this makes it really hard to learn, to make decisions, and even maintain relationships. It can also increase our risks of lung and heart disease, diabetes, anxiety, and depression. So imagine what this can mean for entire communities when almost everybody could be walking around with unaddressed stress and trauma. Then picture what can happen as individual and collective trauma collide. To make matters worse, we know that exposure to violence can lead to more violence. Research has shown that survivors of violence can be up to six times more likely to either be involved in violence or be re-victimized. It's literally the definition of a vicious cycle. The good news is we know 
that we can interrupt this cycle by addressing the underlying trauma with better access to mental health care. The only problem is access to mental health care in these communities is virtually non-existent. So just to give you an idea, in the United States, there are about 270 mental health care workers for every 100,000 people. In Honduras, this drops to two. So we're left with this classic conundrum. We know how to help solve the problem, but we don't have the resources to do it. But what if we re-envision what or who these resources could be? I think we should, because there are ways to flood communities with access to mental health care. It's already being done, and it's working. And I want to tell you a little bit about how we're doing it at Glasswing. We're training thousands of existing government employees, like teachers, nurses, doctors, and police officers, on trauma education and self-care. We're essentially trying to create a whole core of lay mental health workers who are already serving on the front lines and can therefore step in and buffer the impacts of violence and trauma on themselves and on the communities they serve. We've trained healthcare workers. To be able to recognize the signs of trauma, to be able to help patients understand what they're experiencing and equip them with tools to cope or refer them if they need it, we've actually seen that trauma-informed violence prevention work in hospitals can reduce the likelihood of re-victimization by up to 30 percent. In schools, we know that if children and adolescents have access to a caring adult that can help them cope with stress, their grades improve, their conduct improves, and their resilience. And in our work with police, 90% of the police we trained actually felt better able to regulate their emotions and to deal with anxiety and fear. 80% even told us that they felt better equipped to help their peers. I want to share a story with you. Back in 2018, our Guatemala team was working in a community with really high rates of crime, violence, and stigma. One of the schools we were working in is actually the school where kids ended up if they got expelled or if they got in trouble. So that's why Walter, a 17-year-old student, was really surprised and a little confused when Eluvia, one of our trauma-informed school coordinators, showed up to recruit him and his friends to work at the local primary school. But Eluvia is from that community. And she knew that if she could empower a young man like Walter to become involved and become a school coordinator, she could not only transform his life but also the life of the kids he'd work with. So, sure enough, a couple weeks later, Walter was trained and leading a group of 20 little kids in a glee club. He loved it. <laughs> he loved it. He loved it so much that he continued to show up every week for over two years. But one afternoon, one of Walter's neighbors ran into the school screaming that Walter had to get home because his sister had been shot and killed. Walter sprinted out, and as he described it to me, he felt his mind and body go numb. He, then he felt his heart start to race and his chest fill with rage. He knew who had killed his sister, and he ran up to his room to get a gun. Let me pause there for a sec. Do you remember what I told you a minute ago about how violence can lead to more violence? That could have been Walter, but it wasn't, 
because he told me that when he pictured his mentor Luvia and the little Glee Club kids finding out that their role model had killed someone, he put the gun down. And that, that right there, is where the cycle of violence stopped. Thank you. That's everything. I have other stories like Walter and Eluvia's, but to interrupt and to stop this epidemic of violence, we need thousands more. And there are great ways to do this that are replicable. We know that we can provide more healthcare in communities provided by regular people. I'm talking about community, and I'm talking about systems change at the same time. First, we train everybody in public schools, public hospitals, clinics, and police precincts on trauma education and self-care, so they can better take care of themselves and also those that they serve, understand trauma and manage it. Then we train a subset as interventionists, so they can deal with emergencies, providing crisis intervention and ongoing support. And then we train a subset of those interventionists as trainers, so they can continue to train their peers, and they can train other organizations, so we can have a growing network of trauma-informed services in each community. The great thing is, this model is scalable and it's cost-effective, because we're working within public systems with people that are already there. So, really, we know that violence happens between people, but so does healing. That's where it starts. So we know the power lies in people, in relationships, in a community healing itself. One of my favorite quotes by Viktor Frankl in *Man's Search for Meaning* is, "Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response, and in our response lies our growth and our freedom." Our goal is to literally infiltrate the space in between violent stimulus and response with mental health knowledge and skills. So the communities can pave their own way to healing and resilience. Thank you so much. Support for TED Talks Daily comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software, or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com/tedtalks. That's o d o o.com/tedtalks. Odoo, modern management made simple.